Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. (laughs) Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 322. This is our weekly DCEU news. So beware of spoilers, if it has been released, we might just say something. I'm David C. Robertson, and I'm thinking of maybe changing the show up a bit. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Details are pending. Yeah. I mean, uh, what do you think, Jason? You want to start looking into new intro music or something? Yeah, we'll peek around with something like that, maybe. You know. Maybe we should see what the listeners want more, more or less of, too. What do you, If you guys have any ideas about the show, let, let us know. We're on Twitter and stuff, Facebook. We might not necessarily take those those no, uh, we're, suggestions. We're, we're open to any suggestions that don't involve more of the show. <laughs> I know at least a couple of our listeners that like, please do more show. And I'm like, I'm dying. It, <laughs> it can't be done. But uh, yeah, just thinking about maybe some new intro music. And uh, we got maybe a couple other ideas in the in the pan frying up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but let there us know what additions. you guys think. Maybe we can even get them done since Gotham and Lucifer were kind enough to take a few months off. <laughs> right. Uh, what do you guys have a burning desire for? Let us know. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into the news here, starting off with Lego Batman. Uh, so Lego Batman won President's Day weekend. Um, it earned $32.1 million from Friday to Sunday. Lord. Uh, it's expected to bring its weekend total up to $41.9 million. Over today, the day that we're recording, Monday, um, that'll bring it up to 106.4 million. Well done, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Zach, there was a Wonder Woman screening last night, mm-hmm. uh, or a couple of nights ago, um, in California. 
and there was a standee, like a little thing where you could go and uh, hold up a, a mug that says, I love Batman, next to Lego Batman, who's holding a mug that says, me too. <laughs> and um, Zack Snyder had, took a picture of himself doing this. It says, uh, this was on Vero. He says, am I going to stand like a dork in the Lego Batman standee? F yeah, I am. Yeah. So, wonderful. Um, <laughs> I didn't know the na- I didn't know the term for those little uh, installations until just now. Really? Yeah, standee. Apparently. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you learn. You learn every day. Mm-hmm. You do. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. And that's when you start to die. Yeah. So, um, Chris McKay was talking to EW uh, about the Batman movie, and he talked about you know how the, he acquired the rights to how they acquired the rights to all the uh, the villains. And he talked about uh, working with J.K. Rowling to try to get Voldemort right. Um, he also talked about characters that he didn't wind up using. He says, I would have had Kathy Bates from Misery and Sherlock Holmes' nemesis Moriarty. And at one point I pitched Daniel Day-Lewis's character from Gangs of New York and David Carradine from Kill Bill. At a certain point, though, you have to weigh what characters the kids are going to get. Mm-hmm. And Lego is sometimes hard to get a really quick interpretation of something. I was already worried that we weren't doing enough with some characters. Also, at one point, we did put Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey into the movie, and it was a tough read. (laughs) Maybe in future movies, we'll try to bring more characters in. Mm, They've got plenty of time. Moriarty, maybe, but... That could have been fun. I could have seen Hal taking over the back computer. That might have been... If Hal and Siri... Oh, a a battle between Hal and Rope? (laughs) I forgot about Rope. (laughs) <laughs> Never forget about rope. Uh, so Chris McKay was talking to Collider and uh, revealed that he wants to do Lego Justice League. He says, I love this world and I feel there is still more to do. So that's kind of why we cast a couple of people for one line for things here and there because I'm hoping to keep building in this world and keep playing in this world. I love Batman and I love the universe that we're creating. I'd love to take on some of these other stories, do stuff with the Justice League, I think there's a lot more we can do with these characters. Um, he says, uh, also on why he, he's the right man to guide the Lego team onto other movies, he says, I'm a producer on all of the movies with Chris Miller and Phil and Dan Lin, and I'm going to be working on Ninjago and the Lego Movie 2 from a po- uh, from podcasting, from a producing standpoint, and just because I've been through this now, and I was on the ground for both movies, I was a co-director on the first movie, getting it to the finish line, and obviously this movie to the finish line. Some of the other filmmakers haven't been through that gauntlet before, mm-hmm. so helping guide everybody through the animation process, through sound mix and that kind of thing i mean i think he did a great job i would love to see his uh justice league lego batman movie yeah Um, yeah i mean what do you think about like um in the universe they have now the justice league isn't really accepting of batman so it'd be like the batman gets friends and then you know maybe his old bat family gets a little jealous for a second his his new bat family gets a little jealous for a second but then it's you know pulls him in at the end obviously maybe maybe i mean We've kind of already, like, the Lego Batman movie pretty much covered Batman learning to work together with people. Yeah, they just, uh, the Justice League didn't seem to give a damn whether he was there or not, so. That's true. I mean, but, you know, hopefully some time will have passed. Just just shoot right ahead to like, oh yeah, we're friends now. It's good. Mm-hmm. It was over at Barry's mm-hmm. house last night. They're still all Great a little time. kind of annoyed by him, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I definitely want like a, maybe a, a quick a quick scene that kind of says like, well, I mean, why do we trust you, dude? Like, there, you remember that time you had all those plans to destroy us all? And I'm like, 
shoots a bunch of Legoed plans to destroy all of them. <laughs> yeah, but I totally threw those away. I totally threw those away. I promise. Right. Oh, man. So, uh, you can actually now, to Siri, say, hey, pewter, and Siri will, will answer answer you back with quotes from the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> It'll say, hello, sir, I've heated up your lobster thermidor in the microwave. I'm one step ahead of you, Alfred. That's good. Or, hello, sir, Alfred is on the 17th floor, caulking the tiles in the second bathroom of the fifth master bedroom. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Matt Damon was on the Late Late Show with, uh, what is it, James Corden? Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, and uh, they were talking a little bit about Ben Affleck. Will Arnett was on the show, too. Mm. And uh, Corden asked him who he thought played a better Batman, Affleck in BVS or Arnett in the Lego Batman. Um, Matt Damon kind of slipped out from that one, from that from that question. And decided to tell a story about how Affleck's four-year-old son actually believes that Affleck is Batman. <laughs> and uh, the FedEx man, being that he's wearing purple and green, is apparently the Joker. And Ben actually like paid the delivery guy to pretend to be the Joker. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I also fully expected Matt Damon's uh, response to be Tom Brady. <laughs> Um, as to the original question, though, Matt Damon said, I have it on good authority that Will is actually Ben's favorite Batman. I could buy that. Oh, yeah. Ben Affleck just getting stoned and watching the, <laughs> the Lego Batman movie. Right. Yeah. I could I could see that. So, uh, Jay Olivia, he, uh, he just directed uh, Justice League Dark. He's also done Justice League War, and he did the uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns movies. Um, but he was also a storyboard artist for like, for BVS and for Wonder Woman. And he actually got to, he was actually a storyboard artist for Thor Ragnarok as well. Hmm. But he was also talking about how he didn't think he would get to do, um, Justice League. He talked about a few things. Um, he was on Shanlion on Batman, um, a podcast and, um, we'll provide a link to that episode. But he says, I did the nightmare sequence with future Batman on BVS, although it was great because I just watched it again the other day, and that last shot where it's just one long continuous take where Batman is fighting and eventually gets taken down, that was something I had talked to Zach about. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a Children of Men style one shot? What's funny is that the Parademons were a late addition. Zach added that after I had done it with... Uh, after I'd done it, because originally it was supposed to be the Superman bad guys, and then Batman just gets taken over. Hmm. I was as surprised as you guys that the Parademons were in it, but I knew where they were going to lead to. Like, they're all leading to the events that would eventually be like Justice League War, my animated film. So I thought, that's kind of cool, they're bringing it this early into the story. For me, it was a nice addition. Even the shot where you saw the Omega symbol, that was something I didn't know. That was added after I had finished my stint on it. So I didn't know we were going to do references to Apocalypse and stuff in the film. So I'm pretty jazzed that they put that in there. So he had the same reaction we all did where we kind of leaned over and whispered, Parademons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he went on to talk about Justice League. He says, I didn't get to work on Justice League during pre-production, but then while they were actually shooting, they gave me a call and said, we have this new sequence, can you come help us out? I was like, of course, they flew me to London. I was there for a couple of weeks just kind of crafting one of the new sequences that they had come up with, and I was telling Zach, I'm so glad I got to work on this movie. I was hoping I got to work on Justice League, so this was cool. 
Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about Wonder Woman, he said uh, he thinks it's going to be great and fun for the fans. You know, he says I worked with Patty extensively on the film, so I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun. I'm totally jazzed to see it on the big screen. I did a couple of sequences, so I'm curious to see how they turned out. I'm just happy there's a Wonder Woman film out. Yeah. He also says uh, he hopes that it brings is really popular and brings about another animated film. He says here's here's what I hope. I hope that the Wonder Woman film will do well, uh, will do well enough that they will want to do an animated Wonder Woman movie because the movie Laura Montgomery had done for us at Warner Brothers. Um, I worked on it with her, and it's one of my favorite movies that we had done. It's a shame it didn't sell well, mostly because it was pirated, and because of that, that's why we don't get any Wonder Woman solo films, because the one time we tried it, it didn't sell well, so of course the higher-ups thought there wasn't a market for Wonder Woman. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's also the risk you have with straight-to-DVD these days. Mm-hmm. You gotta factor that into your uh, calculations there, WB. <laughs> So this is a this is a weird piece of news, um, and I don't know really how to feel about it. I suppose I'm gonna not really care, but someone out there might. Sounds like a good start. Let's go from there. I know. You know, uh, I'm not a big fan of James Cameron. I don't have any strong feelings about him. Well, he you know he did t- the Titanic movie and he did sure. Avatar. Sure. And of course the first couple of Terminator films. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't like him because he openly admitted, well, not really openly, he admitted to, uh, I think, an interviewer at Starlog way back in the day that he ripped off the idea for the Terminator films from a couple of Harlan Ellison episodes of The uh, Outer Limits. Mm. And he he said this off the record, but, of course, the Starlog interviewer was friends with Ellison, so kind of just sent him that tape. And you know, long story short, there was a lot of money that was handed over to Harlan Ellison, and there are now credits in the Terminator end credits. Nice. To say, you know, special credit to Harlan Ellison for making the things. But um, James Cameron, notoriously difficult guy to work with. But um, no matter what you think of him personally, you know, his movies make money. And he did just say in an interview, they, he was asked what directors continue to inspire him. He says, Ridley Scott. He also added Zack Snyder, Robert Rodriguez, guys who are creating their own cinematic language. He also name-dropped Tim Miller for Deadpool. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I don't know. Don't know what that means in the scheme of things. But, um... I don't know. Like, like I said, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know, some people are like, James Cameron is God. And I'm like, well, God likes Zack Snyder, so I hope you do too. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, it's like, you know, James Cameron, a guy I, you know, shrug off because he's kind of a jerk. He he um, just... Uh, he likes a guy I like. He also likes Tim Miller, who's another guy I like. And he likes Rob, Robert Rodriguez, which is, you know, whatever. I don't care about Robert Rodriguez too much. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of his. Not because he's a jerk or anything, just because I don't really... I haven't really liked any movie I've seen he's done. Mm. That's rough. I'm sorry, Robert. Maybe you just didn't get it. I'm sure that was it. That's... That's the old fallback, right? Well, you know, okay, to be fair, though, I haven't seen any of those, what was the, whatever it was, uh, the Desperado stuff. I never saw any of that. Mm, the old back-in-the-day stuff? Yeah, and, like, Matt Carroll of the MCU cast swears by the, he likes those movies a lot. I, yeah. I never got, I never saw them. Probably has a lot to do with the guitar case gun. Yeah, I didn't like Robert Rodriguez's section in Four Rooms. I... 
kind of didn't, you know, I, you know, I, it was whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I think I kind of came in. I got inserted into the Robert Rodri- Robert Rodriguez thing when it was like him and Tarantino, and they were doing those grindhouse films and pretty much just circle jerking each other. Yeah. With their like love of old seventies crap. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an endearing <laughs> time. Well, and and whatever. Less. Do you like that? In which case, you had a wonderful time during the like what early aughts or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And you know, I watched uh, you know what was that the one with the what was it Rose McGowan? I don't even remember who it was, and she had like a gun for a leg. I watched it because I was I like, that was Dude, yeah, that was like, the Planet Terror or whatever that one was, because mm-hmm. there were two or three of them. I watched that one. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this will be fun and ridiculous because you know I'm thinking like you know late seventies, early eighties, like a weapon for a for a limb. I'm thinking Evil Dead. No, I just I, no. Mm-mm. No. Not my thing. I love Evil Dead, but not that. Whatever no. the hell that was. That was a whole series of uh, <laughs> of, of movies where I just kind of like I saw the trailer and went and negative. <laughs> you know, we all had our experimental times. Yeah, I was like, I'll try this thing. You know, that deep gulf where there were no superhero films. Well, sure. I mean, it got crazy yeah. back in the day. I watched Big Fish. <laughs> Finding Neverland. Oh, man. Oh, man. I specifically never saw Finding Neverland. I was dating a girl. She kept whining at me, wanting me to go see it. Like, she was, like, specifically angry with me for not wanting to go see that movie. I was like, what? You have, like, a whole bunch of friends. Like, a whole bunch of friends (laughs) to go see this thing with. Like, one movie in the theater that I absolutely do not want to see, and you are, like, determined to see it with me. And, uh, you know, I never saw it. Yeah, we broke up before it was out of the theaters. It was uh, it was mildly mildly touching. Yeah, I mean, I hear it was good, but I still like. There's something about it. Like my current girlfriend, who I've been with for eight years, you know, has mentioned that, and I'm like, I will never see that movie. Just <laughs> now, just it's on principle. Just yeah, just out of principle to yeah. spite this other girl who I haven't seen in like twelve years. <laughs> I'm getting heat for uh, La La Land. That's the one that I'm supposed to be uh, seeing. Uh, again, I hear great things. I don't know. Mostly from Scott from the Suicide Squad cast. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm aware that it's a big thing. All I have seen is great things. It's connected to what we do here because there's, you know, lots of lots of crossover now with the Supergirl Flash uh, episode. They did some writing. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, haven't, I'm not opposed to it. I just I even like, look I, at it. I like musicals. I mean, I, I mean, I don't like go out of my way yeah. for them a lot of the time, but I'm not. You know, I'm definitely not the guy that's like, oh, musical, screw that, it's all weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and apparently somehow on Twitter, the I could think the uh, the impression came off was that we didn't care for musicals. No, oh, no, I've been and, in musicals. Yeah, I know. Like, and my favorite film is a musical. So, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. I do no. love that one. But oh, no, you the mean Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers? Okay, yeah. Yes. I think of it. I think of that one as like a movie with musical segues. <laughs> That's interesting. But yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where like the world just held up a a big sign that said yes to La La Land, and I met it with a meh. I have no time for that. I have I have not done my due diligence, so um, I'm being I'm and, being shitty by not being interested when everyone else is well, obviously so interested. Sure. But it comes down to this, you know, I've also got people on Twitter who are saying, you know, you need to f- turn in your geek card if you're going to watch Girl Meets World over Young Justice. Fair, but my geek card extends to Boy Meets World. 
I had to finish Girl Meets World. Now that's over. I can, I can, you know, I had three episodes left, guys. I'm coming to Young Justice. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't got time for La La Land, though. Mm-mm. Not right now. Not right now. And admittedly, it I'm sorry. I, I'm going to watch Logan before I watch La La Land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even excited about Logan, but yeah. <laughs> but you know that's true. <laughs> I am sadly more excited now because they're talking about maybe another Wonder Woman trailer on Logan. So I'm like, okay. Maybe nice. <laughs> Like I don't know why I'm not excited about. I think I would have been. I would be more excited about Logan if like the rest of the X Men franchise had actually been good. Like overall, like some were good and then others were just crap. And I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, I'm. Yeah, it's been just. It's, I, it's been histrionic at least. Uh, but this one's got this, uh, for a, a quick Marvel pitch that Logan's gotten such good press so far. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing, because of my sickness, I'm gonna have to watch Apocalypse before I see. Logan. I know. I've thought about that. I don't want to watch Apocalypse. I didn't either. It got such bad press. I kind of thought, eh, I don't have time. I'll catch up to that when I have to. And then Did now I've seen Did you ever the... actually see it? No, I, I, that's the problem. Is like I, I said, <laughs> well, I'll catch up to that when I have to. But now I'm kind of digging Logan's uh, trailer so far, and I guess, mm-hmm. I, guess I have to I'll figure out who's, yeah. who's renting that movie these days. We have to get bummed out by watching a incredibly terrible X-Men movie. Yeah. Or, you know... What's even worse than an incredibly terrible X-Men movie? Uh, a stunningly mediocre one. Yeah. Because, you know, I doubt that... I don't think X-Men Apocalypse is quite, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine. No. But X-Men Origins Wolverine was actually fun up to the point where they ruined Deadpool, like in that third act, when it just became ridiculous and idiotic. Yeah. No, and, act one was actually you know, a lot of fun. I'm old school Star Trek Doctor Who fan. I don't care if his claws look like cartoons. Whatever. Not a problem. Not a problem. The whole montage of them fighting through the centuries, fantastic. Loved it. That was fantastic. Loved it. Absolutely. Leif Schreiber, whatever his, how do you you pronounce his name? That's as close as we're ever going to get. Good job. Way better. Way better than Tyler Mayne of Sabretooth. Yeah. On board, wholeheartedly. I kind of want to hug that guy. I have liked that guy since he was like, uh, what was his name on Scream? No idea. Whatever. I don't remember his name on those movies, but. Soon to be dead guy. Anyway, no, he wasn't. I don't think he was. I don't think he died ever. Did he make it out? Oh, good friend. He was like Cotton Whitney, maybe. I don't know. The, he was the guy that they like. It was like pinned for Sydney's mother's death. Way beyond my years. memory of Scream. Way beyond my memory of Scream. Yeah, I watched. Yeah. I watched Scream. I was entirely thinking about how I could maybe make physical contact with the female next to me during the course of that movie. I don't know what happened during Scream. I don't think I ever touched a female until about seven years after I saw Scream. So. <laughs> I was just wondering what to do. If there was like a procedure I could find somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anything. People get stabbed. That's all I remember. Yeah. At about 13 or 14, I'd go and hang out with Matt and he'd have like girls come over. And I was always just, away from me, distraction. You're nothing but trouble. I was, you know, an odd kid. While that's logically correct at 13 and 14, it, it just doesn't, it absolutely it doesn't is. play. doesn't play normally. Well, you know, like at 13 or 14, I was actually sitting here going like, what do you think's going to happen here? Neither one of us have cars, jobs, money, common sense. I'm trying to learn filmmaking. Yeah. Away with ye. Away with ye! <laughs> no, I was I was more, um, we can make this work. Right. We can do this. There are computers now. We can talk. <laughs> there are computers now. Are you more of anyway. an AIM or, or, or messenger kind of girl? <laughs> Oh, man. So Empire Magazine has started shipping out their Wonder Woman issue 
for the subscribers, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got the uh, subscriber exclusive subscriber cover. They're calling it. It's a close-up shot of Wonder Woman, you know, looking gorgeous as she does. Mm-hmm. And um, with a little text that says, "Now the world is ready for you." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." Mm-hmm. Um, so the some people have been taking pictures of like the articles inside. Uh, Danny Houston, I guess, is General Ludendorff, they're saying, and Alina An- Anaya is Maru, or Dr. Poison. Um, we've talked about this before. Ga- it also talks about, in the article, that Gal Gadot was initially going to be playing Feora in Man of Steel, but then got pregnant and had to take off. And Snyder called her back to screen test for BVS, and she didn't even know she was going to be playing Wonder Woman. And she tested... A- alongside Affleck and uh, and got the part. Well, that, that worked out swimmingly. And it wasn't until they finished filming BVS that she realized that there was going to be a solo Wonder Woman movie. Yes. yes. It that's, also says... That's a magical that it moment. Not, it was. It is a magical moment, I imagine. Uh, but the report also says that it was Snyder's idea to put Wonder Woman in BVS. They, uh, people have... There are no like high-resolution digital versions of any of these pictures but um some people who got the the issue early have taken uh somewhat crappy pictures of it and posted it online there are pictures of a world war two uh, sorry world war one bunker uh with wonder woman there looking off to the distance with concern uh some concept art showing her walking with a sword and shield wearing her cloak while everything around her burns it looks awesome mm. Uh, there was a concept art with Steve Trevor. It looks like she he's like escorting her through uh, through the city, and like all the men around her seem are staring at her like they're drawn to her. And they're all like wearing top hats and whatnot, you know, as they do mm-hmm. back in those days. Yeah. A picture of the general and Doctor Poison. A picture of Diana in her civvies clutching a man's wrist, having taken away his gun. A picture of her taking the sword from Themyscira. A picture of her and her mother. Uh, there's a pretty cool shot, uh, behind the scenes photo of Patty directing while, uh, Gal Gadot holds up a big green, like chroma key object with one hand, with the other hand on her hip. Hmm. Um, <laughs> pretty cool shot of Wonder Woman running with the picture going from pen sketches, like a comic to picture. Um, now they have, as I mentioned earlier, there was a Wonder Woman test screening result, uh, or sorry, there was a test screening, uh, I I haven't actually found anything from people who were actually there, mm-hmm. but this this is some of the things that I saw from the from uh, a couple of articles. Um, Daniel Ir on Twitter says I wasn't at Wonder Woman's test screening, but I heard from people who were told me it was good, but not as good as the animated movie. <laughs> Daniel Elison on Twitter says this means nothing, but spoke to someone who saw Wonder Woman and said they were blown away by the movie. And it is the best of the DCEU. That'd be great. That yeah. that would be great another, for all of us. Like we kind of need that another, right now. Yeah. Another person said, "I heard from a friend who saw the Wonder Woman movie and said they were blown away from the movie." And oh my, oh, OMG! I can't wait. Uh, Ricardo on Twitter, uh, Ricky Ricardo eighty nine said, "Hearing very positive buzz about uh, around the Wonder Woman test screening." Yes. <laughs> Um, hearing from a test screening that Chris Pine is the best thing about Wonder Woman. That's great, I guess, if he was Wonder Woman. <laughs> Jermaine Either Dickerson. Way. Jermaine Dickerson on Twitter says, Chris Pine stole every scene, even the ones with Wonder Woman. I actually find this kind of plausible. Gal is just an okay actress. So, 
I, I guess we're seeing where this. I don't know if we're willing the, to concede that last point yet. I, yeah. I don't know her well enough. Yeah, I don't either. And but this is telling to me in regards to where the negativity is going to come from. I was curious to see how exactly they decided to approach slamming Wonder Woman because I knew that they were going to. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good feeling they were probably going to try, and it looks like this is how they're going to do it. By complaining that Chris Pine steals every scene and the movie focuses too much on him and not enough on the main actress. I was just wondering how it was going to happen, and here we are. I mean, it's a uh, it's a good try. Mm-hmm. It won't stick, but it's a good try. <laughs> I mean, what does stick, you know? I mean, opinions are opinions. I'm just saying that's that's how they, you know, destroy or crap on this movie without being sexist. Right. Without coming off as seeing, seeming sexist. Um, now, there, I don't know if we're going to talk about this exactly, but there's a. It's been reported based on, from the people who saw this thing who is playing Ares. Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead and say that? Mm, tough call. You want to give the uh, 10 second spoiler? Well, you know, if we're going to do that, well, I'll just wait until after the credits and say it. Okay, we'll do a stinger with it. All right, we're going to do it with a stinger, guys. We're just going to, you know, if you want to know who's playing Ares and you want to talk <laughs> according about According to reports. According to reports from the people who saw it. Yeah. Like I said, that's uh, how we premise our show. If, if if a producer or something had come out with it, we'd just say it. But mm-hmm. when we get into a guy, a friend of mine said, we hold back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the, uh, moving on, though, the German FSK have apparently raided what might be, what appears to be, uh, the final trailer for Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's only going to be a little over a minute, like a minute and six. A minute and six seconds. Um, that's not unprecedented. No, that's fine. Um, just... As they point out in this article, Spectre and the Hunger Games, th- their final trailers were a little over a minute. Um, I just want a little and... more to tide me over, and I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And this is also where they're speculating that it'll be on the Logan release. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we are about to be able to get a good look at Wonder Woman's cans. Of course. Her Dr. Pepper cans. Of course. <laughs> She's teaming up. <laughs> WB's teaming up with Dr. Pepper again. If you'll recall, Batman v Superman, they, was they had was all the hell Dr. over Pepper Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. And now Wonder Woman will be. Mm-hmm. Um, on Vero, Zack Snyder has commented and said the Justice League trailer is all part of marketing. There's a set schedule for a release. It's coming soon. Don't worry. He also posted a behind-the-scenes picture of Batman fighting. They said, like, I've seen reports saying soldiers, but those look like parademons without wings. <laughs> it. I'm a little lost on that debate, too. I, like, I can see what they're saying on either side. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, no, I don't know where uh, to go fa- with it. Fabian Wagner is talking about the cinematography on Justice League. He says, last year I was fortunate enough to work with Zack Snyder on his new movie, Justice League. I had always been a fan of his work and of his longtime cinematographer, Larry Fong. I tried to put my own stamp onto it, but Larry's dark and beautiful lighting was a huge source of inspiration. I had the best time working with all of those guys. Based on what I've seen of the Justice League, you know, what we I dig this cinematography so far. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Like, you know, I'm, it does look dark. Like physically dark, yeah. Necessarily mind that. No, this is um, not the end of the world, not at all. No. Did I? I know I showed you. I sent you the link for this. Did you see this new Batmobile toy for the Justice League that they're coming out with? No, I meant to look at that. 
Uh, this thing is two hundred fifty dollars, man. But it's actually it's it's got like one of those like six uh, six six point five inch uh, multiverse Batman Ben Affleck Batman figures that it comes with. Mm-hmm. But um, this thing is an exact replica of what's going to be in Justice League. It's got so many turrets. It looks <laughs> it looks Good like God, it's a tank. Ex- Yep, it's got like an extended. It's like an extended war machine, uh, just all over Batman's car. It's just, it's a lot. <laughs> now, this th- this not even the coolest thing. This thing is remote controlled. You control it with an app on your phone. It's got a little camera inside, so you can actually see from the driver's viewpoint That's where cool. your your car is going. Man, I want this thing. It's, it even has a real exhaust with smoke that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, that is a lot of weaponry. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's got aliens to fight now. I mean, yeah, shit's getting real. I get it. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm I'm just waiting for someone to be like, of course, of course, he has more guns. Oh, I'm sure that's already happened. Yeah. So uh, they've released pictures of new statues for the Justice League, and uh, it's uh, 12-inch statues from DC Collectibles. They've got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg. Uh, they look fantastic. Batman very much is in the quote-unquote tactical Batman suit uh, that everyone says looks like a Night Owl from Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm I'm getting pretty okay with it. I guess I think I said last week the the goggles are starting to make me feel a lot more like it's the good transition between that and the Nightmare uh, Batman from the from the future sequence. So I don't know. I think it looks cool. Uh, I'm down with it. It's not bad. So Heroic Hollywood and My Entertainment World are reporting that Aquaman is set to start principal photography May 22nd. Mm, that's so damn close. I know. And they're training right now. Like they've released they've released uh training videos um of them doing like sword fighting, like sword play and stuff and uh and like trident fighting. <laughs> yeah. They actually brought in a guy who knows how to fight with a trident to teach them how because to do it. Because surely that person's out there somewhere. He is. I saw a picture yeah. of him. He was holding a trident. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. I'll, uh, that was supposed to be later, but yeah, uh, <laughs> eighty-seven eleven. Like those cats, the the stunt team behind Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, they're training with Momoa with like doing kendo stick and like sword play and all that stuff. It's really cool. You guys should go check that out. And um, yeah, I mean, but. Uh, so yeah, May twenty second. That's not that's not far off. And I'm super excited by this news. I'm actually more like because you know last week that we were talking about. Oh yeah, Nicole Kidman and like you know Abin Sur from the Green Lantern is going to be his parents and uh, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. This excited me more than any of that. <laughs> they actually got Don Burgess to be the cinematographer for Aquaman. This is the cat who did Forrest Gump. He did Castaway. He did uh, Spider Man. He did The Book of Eli. Hmm. He did uh, Source Code, Contact, Forty Two, Conjuring Two. But I I love the cinematography of Forrest Gump, Castaway, and The Book of Eli so much. I haven't seen like I've seen Spider Man. I didn't care about that one so much as far as the cinematography was concerned. But like Book of Eli, Forrest Gump, and Castaway were so good with their cinematography. Like I could see that really working well with Aquaman. Nice. See, Spider-Man, though, just felt... It felt like the Sam Raimi took over a little too much. Mm. Well, the guy's still got, like, a you know predominant style out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially, like, Book of Eli and Castaway. Like, oh, man. 
oh man even Forrest Gump when they're on the ship you know the shrimp ship <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited anyway um, so Jason Momoa was talking about the Aquaman script he said I read the script and let me just put it this way I've never seen a movie that's anything like this it's going to be a world that you've never seen before which is really cool we went to space we traveled all over different worlds but we never went underwater so it's just a really cool spin on what's below, and it uses a lot of great movies that I already love, whether that be Raiders of the Lost Ark, to Star Wars, to Lord of the Rings, to Romancing the Stone. It has a lot of really cool adventure, it's funny and heroic, and there's a lot of different characters and a lot of different worlds that we get to go to. So I've never really seen anything like it. Now, yeah, that's exciting. That makes me more excited for Aquaman. Yeah. Seriously, though, like the cinematographer news makes me so excited. <laughs> I'm so taken with this news. It's okay. You can. Like, it's, okay, it's, it's okay to be taken. Like, I've like, look. I have actively been trying to gear myself up to be excited for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And now you not because you have like, something like now. I you know I, I but I, well yeah it's one of those things where like I know Aquaman could be cool. I know he could be cool. I know he could be cool. I've read it. And I've seen it. I've. But then like, but how often does that ever really stand? Like the comics always get canceled. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know if they got like a they have a good idea about this guy or what yeah. that cinematographer just excites me to no end. I'm sorry. Um so James Wan has been uh, attacked online because mm. uh he said there would be no Aqualad and uh then he may have made a comment about let's establish Batman before we pull in the Robin and then other people were like, Hey, you jerk, you know, you're some kind of a noob because Batman's been established plenty, we need a Robin, why don't you blah blah, and he was just like, oh dude, that's not what I meant, and then he even copped out on it, so I, I didn't really feel like reading all of it, but um, no Aqualad, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, first take is, is he just meant, let's do Aquaman and then we'll worry about Aqualad. Yeah, That's how that probably. would come across to me. Yeah, I would think. I say we skip over Aqualad. You know, we do this kind of thing in uh, in like the the CW shows. Let's just not have Aqualad. Let's just bring him in as Tempest and get it over with. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you're about to get Aqualad back. Like Young Justice is getting picked up. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. I'll be at a different Aqualad, but still. Sure. So, um, we thought this might be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves is no longer in talks to direct the Batman. Of course not. Um, not a big deal. We don't know what they're going to do now. Um, there were reports last week that Ridley Scott might be in talks to do it. I really don't want that. I don't care for Ridley Scott, as I've mentioned. Um, Fed Alvarez, I'd love to see that. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of other directors I would love to see take on the Batman. Yeah. I don't think that there's any, at a certain point, like everyone, like we have listeners who, more you know several listeners at this point who send us links to these things and they seem to be freaking out about it i'm not going to tell you there's not a reason to freak out but i don't think there's a reason to freak out like i don't know i'm not you know i only look at this stuff every day of my life yeah <laughs> it is right now an overexposed story yeah like we know the minutia and, of this in a way that isn't common and there's there's a lot of click there are a lot of clickbait titles right now. They're like, why this you know this is time to give up on the Batman. No, why? Uh, there's also a lot of I've seen the other way. That, I've seen the other way. Saying like, no, this is a great thing. Yeah, everybody's gonna care. be able to come up with 
1,200 publishable words worth of opinion. Mm-hmm. And at this point with the Batman... I mean, so help me, I don't, I don't believe know. either of those stances, and I'll bet you I could come up with 1,200 no. $1, 1, words worth of publishable opinion if you paid me enough. Yeah, and look, you know, it, there are a couple of ways you can look at my outlook on this. I podcast about this, I care about this clearly, but there you can say either I don't care, or that I've detached myself from it, emotionally. And I think that's what you should do. Not not you, Jason, but you, the audience. If you're freaking out about this, you need to detach yourself from the emotions of what might be happening. Because guess what? A few years ago, we saw Heath Ledger play the Joker, and everyone screamed, oh, no one will ever be able to play the Joker again. Well, Jared Leto just played it. So even if these movies get canceled, it's not going to be but a couple of years before they try to reboot it. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's just not... Seriously, if the DCU died tomorrow, in five years, you'd have Batman recast somewhere. Mm-hmm. On the big screen, not like, uh, you know, Gotham Part 2 or something. Nothing like that. It would be a real thing. These properties and never I'm not, die. I'm not entirely convinced that a connected universe is even the way to go. Because they're, they're having a lot of success with their little multiverses over on television. They could just do the same thing with movies. Just make every movie in Elseworlds. And you know, I think the I MCU mean, has um, taken that away. Hmm. I think I, I think mean you would think expectations but... are higher than that now. Now, and I don't care what don't get me wrong. Expectations are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're wrong. Like the DC universe is doing what MCU is doing in a way. Um, like the Netflix television and movies over in MCU are not nearly as connected as anyone would like to think. No. I don't. I, I don't think anyone's really fighting that battle anymore. Um. Some, oh, there are some. Yeah, no. But in that way, like DC gets to actually have their multiverses and not have to apologize for it, which I like mm. for them. I mean, even in TV, they've got three different universes. Four if Krypton comes on board. Five if Black Lightning doesn't, you know, decide to play with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. They don't all have to connect. It's great to see the four, you know, 3.15 uh, episode crossover between the CW shows. Mm-hmm. But you can yeah. still juice it for uh, so know. much more and get a lot of enjoyment out of it in the, in, the, in the process. But I think with the movies, I think Marvel might have ruined that for, for DC. I think the movies have to be connected now. You think? I do. I just, I, I, I do. Maybe so. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I don't think they have to. I really don't. I really don't think they have to. I mean, you look at how much, mo- how much money the Dark Knight trilogy made even while Marvel was starting up and doing this. Maybe. And you know, you we wonder, we wonder, and try to figure it out how Dark Knight Rises got the the high ratings it did. It was because the other two were good enough that nobody wanted that last chapter to be bad. Everyone was rooting for it, even if, like, even like they're like, yep, nope, I'm ignoring that plot hole and that plot hole and that plot hole and that plot. Yeah. <laughs> um. And now I feel like the DCEU is kind of taking the brunt of two two things. One, it's not the Dark Knight trilogy, and two, it's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So people are just kind of it's somewhere between this this um, compacted single it. story that's being told and this inclusive story that involves several major characters. Uh, they they mm-hmm. have not gotten that right so far. I mean, this, mm-hmm. as much as you and I have defended any single film on its merits, they haven't gotten that mixture right. No. Yeah, so I don't know. Fingers crossed for the future, man. I, you know, I don't know. I Wonder Woman. There's actually a pretty, uh, a pretty nice article out there, and I don't remember who who wrote it because I'm a piece of crap. 
But it was, you know, Basically it was a, a nice little article. If we had a writer's room, yeah. it's pretty much like, we're pieces of crap. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes anyway. But um, <laughs> it's a nice little article about, uh, it was a reviewer talking about how they said they enjoyed Batman v Superman, but then later on said that it was a piece of crap, basically. And so people were like calling him out. They're like, oh, no, no, it's a, it's a, here's a bit of critical thinking for you. You know, you can say that something, you can look at something and say it is objectively not a good film, but also enjoy the crap out of it. I mean, <laughs> I think they're working on the fourth Sharknado right now. Right. Not to take it that far, so, but come on. No, it shouldn't go that far. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Ramen yeah, noodles. I think, we all know. I think the Batman. The Batman will be fine. Uh, the people, the haters will hate, and uh, you know the shakers will shake. Players are the players going to play. We're going to shake it off, yeah. guys. Uh, this this episode will have a clickbait title: How Taylor Swift Help Us Get Into the DCE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Shazam news, uh, sort of. Uh, well, there is Shazam news, but uh, the Rock is he explains why black adam is a hero he says uh it's really our interpretation and who we deem as a hero yes of course in the mythology black adam is a villain or he can be considered an anti-hero or to some he's a hero to some who have a black heart like me again i love this the backstory that he kind of that he started off as a slave and he was held down and i think when that kind of backstory about a man who's held down and he rises up out of that to become greater and then dealing with the conflict of pain of losing his family is dark but it uh also adds to the gravity and adds to the weight of the story so what does it mean for the movie it means the movie's going to be fantastic and it means that it's going to be badass and it means to me he's a hero that's rock talking about his black adam movie mm-hmm and it uh, looks like Shazam has a director. Uh, the rap is talking about David F. Sandberg is in talks to direct Shazam for New Line. And um, he's a Swedish filmmaker. He did uh, Lights Out. I haven't seen that. I don't know if he's a good director or not. Uh, apparently it's a good movie. Uh, he's about to release Annabelle 2, which is a horror film, which means I won't watch it. Mm. I haven't got around to I have no interest yeah. in that. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Um, no surprise, Common still wants to play Jon Stewart. <laughs> and bless him. Bless his persistence. Yeah. He was in, you know, he was almost great. Hey, dude, there are pictures of this cat in a Green Lantern outfit because he was, he went and tried on a costume for Justice League Mortal. He was cast as Jon Stewart in George Miller's Justice League Mortal. Yeah. Um, so uh, he says, I would love to. I'll say that. That would be a blessing. That would be incredible to get the opportunity. But that's up to the studio and DC and those guys to see who they feel is the right person. But it would be an incredible honor. And I would be geeked for that character and that role. I would go to the highest with that role. I mean, of course, he's already been in the DCEU. Let's not, start, let's not stop at Patrick Wilson, mm-hmm. our new Ocean Master. He was the president of the United States. Now he's Ocean Master. Whatever. Yeah, but only as a voice. Right. Common was seen on screen with a bunch of tattoos. Right. That is going to be a different situation. And I think he called Harley a bitch, and he died for that mistake. <laughs> so, I don't know, buddy. Green Lanterns have been through weirder transitions in life. No. But of course he would Of course he would still play Jon Stewart. That's just common sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Please kill yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, well, later. <laughs> 
He also talked about the Justice League Mortal script. He said it was super dope and intricate. And he said, and knowing George Miller was going to do it, you knew it was going to have that raw edge. All of the characters were really involved. It was a strong piece. So, all right. Yeah. Raw edge. I'll give him that. All right. So the news that uh, split fandom <laughs> this week and made everyone flip out. Uh, there is a short list. Variety is reporting a short list of directors to take the helm for Suicide Squad 2. Uh, the biggest name on this list is Mel Gibson. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. You know Mel Gibson. <clears throat> Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, Hacksaw Ridge. Also from oh, Cray Cray. Anti-Semite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look. I, you know, I don't... I. Uh, I don't want to judge Mel Gibson. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know where he is spiritually, where he is in his mind, mentally, emotionally, whatever you want to say. I don't know the cat. It sounds like he's had problems in the past. Um, I think it's unfortunate that he has the controversial anti-Semite past thing going on. Mm -hmm. Because he's a really, really freaking talented director. And I would love to see what he did with Suicide Squad. But I don't think that it's a good idea for them to align themselves with that controversy, especially in the already incredibly divisive DCEU. Just my personal opinion. Also, also on the shortlist, though, Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland, so already I want that movie more than I want the Mel Gibson Suicide Squad. Very much so, yes. Also on the shortlist, Daniel Espinosa, who did Safe House. I don't know that cat. I got no opinion. Yep. But you know who I do know? Another name on the short list. Jonathan Levine, who did Warm Bodies 50-50 in the night before. Absolutely, I would take that movie mm. over the Mel Gibson Suicide Squad 2. Night before, yes. Warm Bodies, absolutely not. But 50-50, I think, breaks that difference nicely enough. Yeah. 50-50 <laughs> was solid. It was solid. And Night Before was hilarious. So... I'm going to go yes. My st my first pick is still Zombieland. I think Zombieland guy is still where I want this to land. And, and I'm, I'm not sure. You know, there's reputations wax and wane. I, I'm not sure what Gibson's reputation is these days. You know, on the inside. Well, you know, I've seen him. I've seen him in an interview trying to promote a movie and someone brings up the racist thing. And he, like, got pissed off and called him an asshole. I've seen that happen. <laughs> Because he's like, look, that was like six years ago. Leave me alone about it, you know. Uh, at the same time, dude, you did it. That's going to haunt you for the rest of your career. Yeah. Know that. Live with that. That's what you did. I don't remember him appearing to ever be particularly contrite about it. So I don't, I don't really know where he exists with with that opinion still. Mm -hmm. And I think so many well, people yeah, are going to worry about it that it probably is just too much to include. Mm -hmm. I would think. Um, now, he did say... Uh, they asked him, at ha he's been asked what was going on. He said, if he was close to a deal with Suicide Squad 2, he says it's kind of a first date. So he, he has confirmed that they're in talks with him about it. All right. Also, don't don't believe headlines that say that David, David Ayer was fired from Suicide Squad 2. He's doing Gotham City Sirens. Come on. Yeah, he was never officially attached to Squad 2. Suicide Squad 2, yeah. He's not being replaced. He's just moving on to a like different he project. He made Suicide Squad. In the DCEU. Squad 2 wasn't necessarily booked, and then they did Sirens, and he is signed up for that. So, yeah. that's the timeline. 
So, um, <laughs> Alessandro Bertolazzi, who's up for an Oscar, I guess he maybe won the Oscar? I don't even know. Did he win the Oscar? I don't Has the Oscars, have the Oscars I happened? I don't know when Oscars happen. <laughs> no, I know they have, because Ryan Reynolds was very humble about Deadpool. So, the Oscars have happened. Oh, okay. Or was that the Golden Globes? I thought it was... See, now I don't even know anymore. Don't even yeah, know anymore. Yeah, because, like, the article was pretty... It was this week, and it said, okay... Bertolazzi is nominated for an Oscar this month. But anyway, uh, he was talking about uh, how he came up with the Joker's look in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. He says, Warner Brothers gave me all the comics to read. That didn't help because the character was too iconic, and looking through all the different looks would have been too complicated. They had, well, that looking through all the different looks would have been too complicated. Does that mean that he did not look through them? <laughs> anyway, they had, it would make sense. They had already made an amazing, beautiful. I, mean, Joker I could actually make a, a case for that, where he like flipped through several covers and went, "Fuck this! No, I, no, I'm gonna start from scratch." See, I don't understand that because, like, I'm like, dude, white face, smile, green hair, purple suit. Let's at least work with the basics. It's been the same thing for like seventy-five years, give or take. Give or take, yeah. I mean, anyway. And now I had to create something that was different from the previous Jokers, but the rules, but incorporated the rules and paid respect to the iconic Joker. Um, he says he went to David Ayer for uh, guidance. He said, "Who is this guy in Suicide Squad? What's the story? Ayer's take. He's a poet. He's in love, sick love, but still love." So I, tr- <laughs> so I tried to find something to make him super scary. But at the same time, romantic. He's in love with Harley Quinn, who is also crazy. I always love that contrast of a poet or romantic and a devil all at the same time. He's a bad, bad guy, but in the movie, he's something different. He's a virus jumping around and moving the story in Suicide Squad. I also looked at the 1928 movie The Man Who Laughs, which was the inspiration for the Joker. Fair. Well, sure. He says, the movie was so beautiful, so that was my biggest inspiration for the Joker, apart from the fact he was so sick and full of hate. I was also thinking that the Joker's father might be a corpse. What? What? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> he also uh, decided to, he took inspiration in grabbing things like sawdust and stone and photos, old newspaper clippings, internet images, wood, <laughs> anything that apparently inspired him. He says, I started to stick everything on a wall. My workroom started to look like a crime scene. We start building this huge criminal case-like collage, and magically, I don't know how, everything started to be connected. Like a picture of David Bowie I found, because for me, the best Joker of all time is David Bowie. That, well, that would fine, probably be know. true. I, if I don't know how that connected with what you created. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Not quite. Some of those transitions actually makes a little bit of sense. You think? You think? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Anyway, uh, you started talking about having them in the makeup trailers. He said, we started, we decided to keep him alone because the Joker is different, jumping, something jumping in the middle of everybody. We thought of him as a movie inside another movie. And it felt that way too. Mm-hmm. When he arrived, nobody knew he'd jump inside the trailer. We'd start the makeup process with just me and him. And slowly he became the Joker. Uh, it took three, it was a three hour transformation to get him to the Joker. We started painting in the face and doing the skin because the Joker's skin is the most important. We did six or seven layers of makeup because I wanted it to look really dirty and really sick with the pale skin, the veins, and a wound. This is a guy who, has, who hasn't ever taken a shower. <laughs> um, uh, it was Ayers I did to give the Joker a scar. Then uh, Bertolazzi gave him seven. Mm. He says, this guy's completely crazy. I imagine him in front of a mirror in the morning like everybody else. But he never brushes his teeth. Instead, he takes and cuts his face just for fun. Oh, wow. Uh, it says I'm he not sure we're dealing with a Joker anymore at this point. Yeah. 
talks about playing around with the Joker's makeup through production. He uh, he changed something in every single shot. Gave him more more details or less depending on the moment. Hmm. He was the only one who witnessed Jared Leto's transformation. He says it started in silence. During this process, Jared slowly, slowly started to act like the Joker, and then all of a sudden, he was, it was like, oh my God, he became the Joker for real. That would actually be interesting and creepy to watch. Yeah. What was incredible was that Warner Brothers and DC Comics are obsessed with everything, but they never asked me to change anything in my makeup. Not one single detail. They let me do everything I wanted. Hmm. I would say that was a case of Warner Brothers not having their hand in enough things. Um, (laughs) Bertolazzi also said that he wanted to stress Harley Quinn's cartoonish nature by giving her a less than perfect wig. Hmm. Never noticed. I didn't either. So, on to some Batman v Superman news. Every week there's something with Batman v Superman. You would think that it would be died down. Yeah. No. By the way, uh, st- I'm still mm-hmm. taking issue with the idea of, of Leto's Joker not showering. I, I actually just imagine him as a, a bath man. Mm-hmm. Someone who, like, plays with a rubber ducky and then drowns it at the end of the bath and gets out. And then maybe air dries. Yeah, I, I don't... I, w- I see Jared Leto's Joker as the type to just, like, sit in a, sit in a hot tub. At the very least. Yeah, something. With, like, hookers around him or something. Yeah. There were a lot of leather. Yeah. And oddly enough, like, you know, I, I see that in my, my perfect idea of the Joker is really just Mark Hamill's Joker from the animated series. Mm-hmm. So I totally imagine him, like, wearing, like, one of those, like, blow-up inflatable things around his waist and, like, carrying, like, a big stick with a sponge on the end of it to the bathroom. Oh, sure. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. Anyway. A bunch of uh, concept art and stuff has been coming out this week. Michael Wilkinson designs for Batman v Superman that showed a bunch of different Wonder Woman designs and Doomsday designs uh, came out. Uh, Wonder Woman is pretty much perfect, exactly the way she is in the movie. Doomsday, he has a few more bones, a few more uh, pointies, but uh, very close to what we actually saw. Uh, The Moving Picture Company released a bunch of images uh, of Doomsday in Gotham City, for Batman v Superman. And uh, Constantine Sercaris was one of the artists that worked on the uh, Batman suit. And he released a, uh, a, a some art of an alternate Batman costume that was still black and gray. and uh, But it, looks, it looked very... Uh, it looks sort of like a cross between uh, Arkham Knight. It's, a, it's like a more streamlined version of that notion. Mm-hmm. But um, it also looked a lot like uh, the concept art, like a gray and black version of the concept art for Batman and Robin. Hmm. You know, before they made it all purple and weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Uh, popping over into non-DCEU stuff, though, uh, hmm. kind of. Batman Begins gets an honest trailer. What did, you think, what did you think of that, man? Oh, I didn't get a chance to watch that. Sorry. Oh, you didn't get a chance to watch it? No. Um, well, you didn't miss a lot. I didn't particularly enjoy it. They pretty much used it as an excuse to slam uh, BVS. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. I mean, they eventually got around to slamming Batman Begins a little bit. There is. I mean, we have we have a an entire hour and a half proving this. Right. There is plenty to deal with with just with just Batman Begins. It's just yeah. One of the no best need things... to bring in the other franchises. Uh, like the like, I wasn't even gonna talk about it or send it to you, but then they, when they started slamming it, they got pretty good with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, like um, they were just like pointing out all the different like what the actual like laws would be with everything Batman was doing, like arson, 
<laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Arson, third degree murder. And uh, and then he's like, I don't have, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And he's like, manslaughter. Yeah. That's right. That's uh, called manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's right. It's still murder, even if you make a train do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, you know, I just uh. one of my, my one of my greater takeaways from Batman Begins was pretty much that's not how water works, <laughs> right? They do they do mention that it's like a, like a driven focused character piece until the third act. Yeah, yeah, and they actually pointed out what we pointed out in our review of Batman Begins, which is you know it only seems clever because they keep doing this thing where they where someone will say something and then they come back later and repeat it in an ironic way. Of course. Yeah. Well, that's how you do something like this, you know? Mm. And they're like, no wonder Batman begins with such a good movie. They only had to write half a script. <laughs> and then they, they just like threw all the lines up in the air and wherever they fell, that was the rest of the script. It's fine. But Yeah. But seriously, for a minute, I was just like, Oh, is this just going to be an excuse to like, <laughs> to piss all over BVS? Mm. There's so much wrong with this. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I know. Did you see J. Jonah Jameson in Man of Steel and BVS? No, didn't get to watch that either. Mm. Sorry. I was it's rushing, pretty cool. rushing it tonight. They did a bit where they, uh, a Dr. Uh, Kill or Kill, whatever. I'll put a link. Um, basically just spliced in footage of J. Jonah Jameson from the uh, original Spider-Man trilogy, mm-hmm. talking to Lois and Clark in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman instead of it being Perry White. Like, what if what if J. Jonah Jameson was in charge of the Daily Planet? And it was pretty delightful. <laughs> Which I guess now is like, what if James Gordon just ended up being right editor of the Daily Planet? Yeah. But what's great about it is like the comedic beats land in a really sad way because like instead of like Peter Parker's comedic like oh you know kind of things it's like Clark says I, I want to do a piece on the Batman and he's like just comes at him and makes fun of him and then it just cuts to Clark looking so sad <laughs> <laughs> there's no cute no one wants to see a piece about Batman versus Superman you don't get that nice little quip you just get I assume Jameson tearing him a new one and then oh yeah I'm gonna go I hide mean, in a phone booth yeah, he called. I think. I think at that point he calls them the gentle artiste or something. I don't know. It was. Mm. It was good. It was good the way they did it. Lovely. So um, that is going to wrap it up. I got nothing else for DCEU news. I say this episode is over. So I guess it's over. I second. All right. Well, we have we have a motion. The motion has been seconded. It's uh, becoming you a court. Every... <laughs> you can find every episode of DC on screen at dconscreen.com. We're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Please remember to run over to iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a five-star written review if you think we deserve it. And uh, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a $15 trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray. DC, of course. Uh, One in ten will win. We are coming right back with a DC TV episode. Talking about all the CW shows and everything. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. All right, so we are back quickly to discuss who they're saying is playing Ares in Wonder Woman. This is according to the people who have seen Wonder Woman in test screenings. They are saying it's David Thewlis, 
uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. This is the guy that pre- that played Professor Lupin in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. They say mm-hmm. he's a mix of CGI and, and practical effects. So not the general. That I mean that if he's a mixture of practical and CGI, it could just be like uh, a transmogrification. Yeah. Could be his full full human form as the general, and then this is just still like the maybe. The, but uh, why bring in Lupin? I don't know. He doesn't look particularly warrior-like. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have I have heard him described as a, uh, a an actual coward when it really comes down to it. Who Ares? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, there you go, guys. Uh, there's your spoilery stinger. Yep. You gotta love that he was uh, defense against the dark arts. That was. I wouldn't know. I never saw Harry Potter. That was his uh, professorship over at Hogwarts. Oh, okay. I saw about fifteen minutes of the first one and fell asleep. No, 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 no. You're well I, established as a a non-Potterson. Well, you know, non-Potterson. Was, like, I, I, I watched about ten, fifteen minutes of Lord of the Rings and fell asleep. I tried Harry Potter, did the same thing. Um, yeah. I don't fall asleep in many movies. It's happened more lately because I'm old. But you know. <laughs> Before Lord of the Rings, it was like it only ever happened with like uh, Lost in Translation, which hurt me to my soul because I love Bill Murray. But I I fell asleep four different times trying to watch that movie. I I made it through every second of that movie, and I still don't know what happened and why. <laughs> just don't. Um, just don't. Yeah, I just can't get behind the movie. I don't know. Love I love Bill Murray. I love uh, Scarlett Johansson. Love Giovanni Ribisi. I don't know why I watched the movie. Like I tried four different times, fell asleep every time. I actually did finally make it through. I just kept. I just started like starting where I left off, where I last remembered. Man, what a terrible movie to me though. And uh, and then it just became like Lord of the Rings. I fell asleep in Harry Potter. I fell asleep in Godzilla. The new Godzilla. I fell asleep in. So it's, it's I hear there's an excuse for that. Apparently, it's Godzilla bad. itself shows up like 25 <laughs> seconds total. Yeah, yeah, I told you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're not alone. The rest of the world wasn't uh, hugely on board with yeah. that. Yeah, I was actually talking to Chris White about this because he was telling me like, "Oh man, Kong Skull Island," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've never been really into the King Kong, you know." And he said, "Well, as a tie-in to the." To the Godzilla movie. I'm like, oh, that'll sell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're trying so hard. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> On to DC TV. On to the TV. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.